Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to the most fraudulent F1 podcast with Dan, a.k.a. Engine Mode 11. I secretly moonlight as Helmut Marco at race weekends. And Blake, a.k.a. Break. Echo chambers of farts and idiots on Twitter after races. It's the Engine Breaking F1 podcast. Oh, look who it is. It's Engine Mode Zero. This, this is where we start. This is where we start the podcast now. So welcome. Welcome back. Uh, we just had a little shave. Uh, Dan is for anybody on audio, not listening on YouTube or not watching live on Twitch at twitch.tv front slash break with three R's. Dan has no beard left. And um, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Drinking that monster celebratory monster. Ooh, even drinking well, the drink feels weird. Well, well done, Mercedes. Well, done. congratulations to Mercedes on their first win of 22. Uh, they're going to be back for 23. That is without a doubt. And it was never really in question. It was just a matter of when. And uh, it's, it's, it's happened. So why don't we get into the Brazilian Grand Prix? This is the penultimate race of the season. And it's always a banger. Is it not? Is it not? Yeah. Like Brazil is probably the only track where I think the sprint race is decent. It was good. Or the and, uh, sprint, whatever we're calling it these days. Yeah, it's not it's not a race because you didn't shave your beard on Saturday, that's for sure. No, but I didn't get away with it Sunday, did I? So But yeah, no, it's the only race where I think the sprint works. Yeah. Uh, because normally I, I I don't really I'm not a fan of the sprint. Um but no, it was good. So Yeah. I don't I don't hate the sprint and I don't love it either. The the format needs some love, but I do like the idea of the idea of the sprint that you have something happening every day of the week. Yes, the people that can only follow on the weekends because they're busy having a job during Friday can't watch, you know, that decisive section, which is the qualifying, which sucks a bit. But at the same time, imagine like when I was at the track, Friday was like, what do I do on Friday? Mm. You're just like, there's just cars running around the track, or at least in the sprint, there's qualifying, there's a sprint race, and then there's the race on Sunday. There's three days of action. And uh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, not into it, but I think it needs a bit of love. But yeah, got- I don't know if I don't like it because it's new and I'm afraid of new things. 
Yeah, like shaving your beard off. Yeah, I've just realized as well I've got a chunk left on this side. I know. You want to get it real quick? <laughs> He's actually shaving it right now. He's muted his microphone. That There we yeah, go. Yeah, there you go. Sorry. Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I think the sprint could do some work, but I think we'll probably talk about that in the offseason because also they're talking about changing qualifying at a couple of races next year as well, I believe, using the the full, all the compounds. Is that next season? Yes. Yeah, I forgot so, about that. So Q1. Hards. Yeah, Q2, medium, Q3, hards. Me, me, mediums, sorry. Mediums. Uh, sorry, yeah. Mediums. Not now my mediums. beard's gone. I've lost all, all my power <laughs> and wisdom. I just don't know what I'm saying anymore. Um, <sighs> but I don't know if that was a... I don't know if that got announced as official or if it was just an idea they were floating... <laughs> Yeah, who knows? Um, who knows? But uh, big up, big up, Paul DeResta for the mid-gyms there. Mid-gyms. For, for that. But um, what do we have going on this weekend? What Like, oh, well, there's a little, some rumors. Before we get into the weekend, there were some rumors. Like, we've we've basically had Pirelli were like, oh, we're going to bend off the tests or nowhere, so we're going to test some new stuff last next year. What happened with that? Because they announced yes, we in, the, had... in the roadmap to 2024 where they're going to get rid of blankets, they've been testing some compounds that free practice sessions this year. And it's honestly, that's a waste of time. You can't test tires like that, but they've proposed something new. Yeah. What so we, we had the 90 minute sessions at, uh, where is it? Japan, Mex uh, USA and Mexico. I think it was. Um, the idea was to test um, the compounds for next year, but heating them up at 50 degrees for three hours. So lowering yeah. the temperature of the blankets. Uh, after some feedback, basically every single one of the team said, no, we hate it. Uh, so now their plan is to go 70 degrees, which is the original temperature, but for two hours rather than three hours. Yeah. So, but yeah. Like all this, all this is trying to get ready for, for the next couple of years. And realistically, I think they're going to have to invest some money and get teams to buy in to running proper tests. You can't test, uh, you can't develop a tire on an hour per race weekend with all the teams. You can't, I mean, developing a tire is difficult with huge test sessions, entire, you know, entire weeks dedicated to testing tires. Yeah. So to do that last minute at the end of the season looks a little bit too little too late from them. But at the same time, the teams are uh, pushing back on that because of the cost cap engines and everything else. So the, the FI is going to have to step in and make a game plan. So, you know, that's it. Yeah. Sorry, I've just I've just been made aware. I keep grabbing to stroke a beard that's not there anymore. Yeah, yeah, sad, big sad, big sad. Uh, so yeah, and the other rumor is apparently we're getting an announcement this week that Nico Hulkenberg is returning to Haas. Hulkenberg. Now you worked <sighs> with him. I was on the other car. Oh, I was, was you? Okay. Dress, I was uh, on dressed in Paris. Yeah, the far car. superior drivers. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how I feel about Hulkenberg coming back. I don't know, man. I, I just. I don't know, man. I like Nico. He's a super nice dude, and he's been a reasonable peddler. But I don't understand. There's so many other people out there. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, it's not a dig at Nico because I think he's there's nothing wrong with him. But it, like, at what point is the ship sailed? Why do they keep? I don't know, man. Like, Mick's not set the world on fire by any means. Magnuson's rocked back up in the car, pretty freaking decent. Um, Mick needs more time. Mick needs more time. Yeah. I I would again I don't run a team and I think that's obvious why, because I'm useless to everything. 
But um, if it was my choice, I think I would rather give Mick an extra year than take Hulkenberg on, who's been out for as long as he has, and he's, what, 35? Which I know to me and you, 35, we're still young babies. I, that was years ago, mate. But in, <laughs> F, in F1 driver terms, 35 is, is pretty old. So I don't yeah, know. No. It, that's, if he comes that's, back, I'll reserve judgment, right? And um, mark it now, bookmark it. If Nico does come back and he puts in a solid performance next year, I'll be the first one to say absolutely that I was wrong. Absolutely, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the same way with you. Like, I don't, I don't think he's going to do badly. I'm just thinking, like, at what point, you know, there's all these young up and coming drivers that are getting outcashed ultimately, and it's like. What about these other guys? Why are they going for the safe bets all the time? And I think he's probably a safe bet. But, I mean, if Kevin smashes him, what's the point? If. And I'm happy to be wrong. And the good thing about it is we usually are wrong. So there you go. Yeah, exactly. On brand. On brand. Always wrong. (laughs) Nobody knows what the fuck we're talking about. Which is fine. Which is fine. So let's get into the weekend. Like, I feel like all the all the tea spilling and all the crazy exciting stuff actually happened during the Grand Prix. But I think we had a couple of a couple of shakeups and probably some stuff that we've missed, honestly. But, yeah, um, it seems like all the major drama happened towards the end of the Sunday. Um, mm. Just to remind you, there was actually a race on, if you've forgotten since mm. then. Um, we had FP1, which was, I mean, FP1 is FP1, isn't it? Carlos, I think he had some issues with his uh, ice, so he's pretty much said straight away they're taking a five-place grid drop for the Sunday. Send it to the back, yeah. yeah plus and, and then... Because it was a sprint weekend, we got ourselves qualifying on a Friday break. Hey, what, Jeez. And it was which actually is, which is, pretty good qualifying, I think. Yeah, but I think that one of the things that also set us up for a little bit of a wacky qualifying is the sprint race format. So for anybody new, and I'm, I'm sure this is a lot of people already know this, but for sprint race week, when you do FP1 and you qualify on Friday, then you do a pointless FP2 session where it's not completely pointless. You can gather high fuel data because you can't change your setup after qualifying. Then you have a third distance sprint race. So P2 and sprint race on Saturday and then a full Grand Prix on Sunday. Now, the track conditions were not great on Friday and FP1. Everybody had a load of understeer. That means, you know, people missed their predictions on their setup a little bit and they were just reacting to the track. And then you have that set of runs then you have to pick your setup for qualifying and that's your setup for the weekend. And all you can change is front wing angle and maybe tire pressures to a small degree. That's it. That's it. And uh, what, how did qualifying go? Because like a lot of people are rocking into qualifying. Like, oh, qualifying was so good. I love these qualifying sessions, man. Yeah. Oof. We had a bit of like changeable conditions, which spiced it up a bit. Um, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think the changeable conditions had anything no. to do with with the outcome of the final weekend i think the changeable conditions just gave us a bit of unpredictability and some yeah. fun on friday yeah so but the first thing i noticed or, or noted down was i was quite surprised that both alfa romeos were out in q1 yeah because um, they, they seem to be up and down and up and down a bit like Haas that i noted earlier in the season like some of the 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 midfield i guess there's, it, there's midfield teams effectively because they're all they're all in the mix now it's like there's the front runners every now and then there's a team in no man's land and then there's everybody else. And then there's the TV off the back, but they're just super inconsistent. I don't really, I don't really know. That's just place a bit it. of everywhere. Yeah. So there we go. 
Um, at Q3, we had King George um, basically <laughs> try and bury the W13 early uh, and then immediately got out and waved to the crowd with a shit-eating grin, which I thought was yeah. hilarious. So why is that Why is that funny that he beached it and had a shit-eating grin on his face? Because if anybody that missed qualifying... Uh, he secured himself pole. Well, no, he didn't secure himself pole with that, sorry, but... Um, because it was wet weather coming in, basically no one could improve their times where they had to red flag it. Yeah. So at that point, what was our order? Oh God. Uh, it was. It you, was. You tell me. I can't remember off the top of my head. It was. It was big man Kev. Yeah, I knew K Mag. K Mag was uh, bossing it up front. And that's it. The only reason I'm not saying the only reason he obviously did a good lap for that, but. Because of the championship position of where they finished last year, they're right near the sort of exit of the um, the, the pit exit in the pit lane. Yeah. So they managed to sort of basically get out and avoid the carnage, set a decent lap, <laughs> and then um, yeah, basically shit housed K Mag into pole after George beached it, which I thought was quite funny. So yeah, love that. I love that. And and the fact that so it's it basically Kevin Verstappen, Russell, and Russell was ahead of Lewis and ah. Twitter went mad about that. They were like, I can't believe Russell did that on purpose. And he's grinning like, fuck. And, that, and we're going to come back. We're going to come full circle to qualifying shithousery at the end of this episode, um, which is, which is going to be super interesting. But yeah, so people were furious with you. I even saw people on Twitter very unhappy that George got lucky and got his first race win, which oh. is... People unhappy sad. on Twitter. What a surprise. Sad state of affairs. Uh, have a drink of water. Maybe sip a nice monster or your favorite soft drink. Touch some grass. Have T some water. Touch some Go beard. for a fucking walk. Yeah. But um, Kevin Magnuson on pole. So in Q3, everybody's going out. Leclerc somehow is on intermediates when everybody else is on softs. And they're queuing at the end of the pit lane. And you're thinking, my God, can it get any... Like, it's not surprising... It's not surprising at all, but Leclerc's sitting there on intermediates. Everybody else is queuing up at the lights out at the end of the pit lane, and they're on softs. He does an outlap, goes past the start-finish line, comes back in, puts on softs. At that point, the track is starting to get wet again. So well, you can see... gone. You say he came back in and put softs on again, but he put... Is this used, where he put no, used softs on? That was, I think that was Q2. Oh, was it? Okay, I was going to yeah, say, was, we saw some Ferrari shenanigans yet again. Yeah. They were practicing their race pit stops for a 40-second stop for three different tire compounds possible to put on the car. But yeah, that was, it was just like, it was, that feels like so long ago because it was Friday. But um, that team, so long story. That team, mate, Ferrari. Yeah. Should we, let's mate. go straight for the hot takes. Go on. Bonotto, keep or bin? I keep him. Do I, I, okay. I, I don't think it's, I think anything that's happening on the inside, they're discussing it behind closed doors and they're talking to the press like they, oh, everything's fine. We're just unlucky. There's probably people that have been sacrificed inside that company for sure. What do you think? Keeper Ben. If they bit, right. So here we go. If they bin him, I'm going to start, you know, stipulating and all that. If they bin him, they have to bin more than just him. They can't, I don't think they can just get rid of him and expect everything to change. There's got to be a massive operational change in that team, is my opinion. Yeah, yeah sure. Sure. Like they, they, they're like, 
they're doing this thing. They're doing what Haas are doing. They're throwing Hail Marys to try and score a couple of more points when they're fighting for the championship. Whereas when, when Haas throw a Hail Mary, they score zero points or they score two points, which make a huge impact on their race. But they're like, oh, let's gamble for two points. It's like, you're fucking losing the championship right now. Why are you gambling for two points? Lock the bag down right now. I, I don't I don't understand. Yeah. And, I, and it's it's fine. But, you know, us, all of our wisdom running a Formula One team, but you can look at that yeah, Formula One team and say, it. hey, excuse me, I have 40 hours on F1 manager. I clearly know what I'm Isn't doing. Hey, hey. But uh, so at the end of qualifying, the track is getting wetter. Kevin was out first, set in a great banker lap. No discredit to Kevin. You The, the rules of qualifying in the wet or driving in the wet, be on the right tires at the right time and be on the track in the best conditions. Those are the rules. Uh, Kevin did those rules. He knocked his lap out of the park, uh, stuck it on pole. Unfortunately, the sprint, he just, yeah, let's get to the sprint, shall we? Qualifying was awesome. I love changeable weather conditions. Every changeable weather qualifying we've had this year, you see teams making mistakes. You saw Max missing his final lap due to a miscalculation. Mm. You see people making mistakes. You see the order shaken up. But unfortunately, or fortunately, we've got a sprint race to then equalize. Yes, we do. So, sprinty-winty. Um, we had everyone on the softs except Verstappen and Latifi. Yep. Uh, which was a bit spicy. Um, Latifi, uh, probably not, you know, is it even worth talking about him? Bless him. Um, but Not really. Verstappen just... Did not have a great time on those uh, mediums. Midium, no. And, and it, it, he suffered for it. He didn't seem like when the communications on the radio, he's just like, I've just got no grip, mate. It, it wasn't like, what the fuck, these tires? It's, he's just like, it is what it is. I, I think they were also deliberately putting Max on the medium so they could save a soft for Sunday because they were the only people in the front with a new soft. So he yeah, had Max, Max had mediums, a new soft, and a used soft. Yeah, so. it could have been the uh, foreshadowing of uh, another classic Hannah Schmidt's strategy masterclass, but are we? Unfortunately, we never got to see that for reasons we nope. shall go through soon. Uh, but yeah, there was uh, Alpine. The Alpine loving between Alonso and Ocon continues, where uh, they <sighs> seem to have accidentally fitted magnets to each other's car, and they just can't help banging into each other and, and making a scene about it. I think historically, Akon likes to get into it with his teammates. I think that is not a debate. And I think also, Alonzo, the Lord of Darkness, he's not afraid of anything. He will get his elbows out. He will destroy entire teams from the roots up, if only to take a car that's going to finish like fifth in the championship, a team that's going to finish fifth in the championship or sixth or fourth or whatever they're going to finish the season and try to think that they're going to win the championship. They're not going to fucking do it. And destroying those teams from the inside is... Pretty impressive to see, but he's done it once more. Yeah, it's in the football terms, it's the classic destroy and exit we see some managers do. He's, he's very much of the uh, destroy and exit. Destroy and exit. I yeah. love that. I didn't, I, I didn't, I wasn't familiar with that one. But uh, so we had, we had those two dudes wheel banging at turn four, Akon, looking like he, like honestly, uh, I think this is fair. If you're his teammate, I would have given Alonzo a little bit more room on the exit of four. Fair enough. Um, they continue on, but then going down to on the main straight, Alonzo does the same thing it, that he did with Stroll in Austin. However, Alonzo oh, yeah. leaves it super late to move out of the way, and Alonzo ends up losing his front wing. Yeah, and blaming 
blaming it's like come on dude like he has come out i think since then and turned around said yeah okay that's my bad that's fine and it's it's good to see that but it's like it's one of those things like okay fine but then speaking of stroll what do we got what do we got with this man this young lad oh stroll's just doing stroll things where basically um he decided to give sebastian vettel an early retirement present by uh letting him go cut some grass yeah by basically Uh, not shunting him off but it didn't give him any room, and he and he was fully two wheels in the uh, the that front left wing main plane was definitely cutting some grass there. Oh yeah, she was digging up some oh, trenches. Right. So uh, we've talked about this on the pod before, though. But next season, I reckon we're going to be seeing a what is he five foot four, five foot five Fernando Alonso scoring up with Lawrence Stroll in the pit lane, bare knuckle yeah. boxing. We've already you know, put our hat into the ring and said that we'd host the celebrity boxing match and we'll we'll MC it and commentate it. Yeah, dude. That's gonna be that's gonna be nuts next mm. season. So I reckon I reckon the strolls are gonna be tag teaming with Alonzo. Who's who's in Alonzo's corner if it's a tag team match? I reckon he's gonna get Bernie. No, he's he's um what uh, Flavio. Flavor oh, Fl- Flav. Flav. Flavor Flav, Fernando Alonso versus Lawrence Stroll and Lance Stroll, the father-son bare-knuckle boxing combo. I, yep. I reckon Fla- Flavor Flav and Nando. I, I don't know. Maybe they're, they're a mean pair. I reckon, I don't know, what do you reckon Stroll like is actually uh, like a assassin? Just dead, you know? Nah, the Canadian are too polite. Uh, I'm sorry. They would let. I'm sorry. They'd let uh, the Dark Lord take the first punch, like a gentlemanly conduct. Please swing first, <gasps> sir. No, no, no. Please, I'm sorry. After you. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. Hit, I hit every you. Every time he hits it, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, God, I love it. And then after that fight, the um the actual main event is uh, Engine Mode Eleven versus Matty WTF One in that. Yeah. And then me, I'm a then lover. me and Flavor Flavor are going to commentate that one. I'm so. a lover, not a fighter. Okay. Just bear hug him to death. Mm, yeah. I think if I threw a punch, I'd probably do more damage to myself than whoever I was attempting to connect to. It's possible. Pedro de la Rosa's Fernando's guy, somebody said in chat. Okay, I got that. But so, I mean, the sprint was the sprint. Was the, sprint. Uh, the Red Bulls didn't look to have any pace, really. Oh, someone it's just reminded me. Sorry. I, yes, I completely forgot about this. Uh, Esteban's car decided to randomly burst into flames. I reckon that was Dark Lord through a match and lit it, bro. Mm. It's got to it be Esteban's car, Alonso's. I can't remember now. Is it Esteban's car? Was it okay? Yeah, no, it was as they parked up after the, the after the sprint race. It just sort of went up in flames, and then um, <laughs> there's like this really funny picture of just Danny Rick and Vettel just standing there watching it basically go up in flames. Like, it's like not our problem. You, you gonna do anything about that, mate? Yeah. Nah, nah, it's fine. But yeah, like the sprint race. I mean, I've got to. I've got to say though, Stroll is really good at making up positions on race starts. He's done mm, it, yeah, all the freaking time. So, but like, there's nothing. There's nothing honestly that exciting. I mean, Kevin started on pole. Uh, I think he was down to eighth at the end of the sprint. I mean, and to be I, honest, I looking think, at out, looking yeah, I, like say, at I don't out, think anyone's surprised. He was never going to win that. Looking at outright pace, I uh, yeah, I don't think. I really don't think uh, Magnuson is going to do anything with that. So that's all right. Uh, yeah, it was, it was all about damage limitation for them, wasn't it, really? Basically, yeah. bag as many points as we can from pole. 
So the the end of the sprint goes Russell, Sainz, Hamilton, Verstappen, Perez, Leclerc. And like from that onward, I mean, there was Magnussen and there's Norse finishing just ahead of Magnussen, but those guys were in a different race completely. And even in the sprint race, you see that. Yeah. Yeah, but with Sainz, uh, five-place grid penalty, it made it a Mercedes front row for the race. Ooh, Red Bull second row. Let's yeah. talk about the race. And at this point, I, I was a little bit uh, a little bit nervous for the beard. Yeah, honestly, the Mercedes looked strong. The Mercedes looked genuinely strong. No gimmicks, no caveats, no asterisks. They were uh, L zoom. Mm. They were zooming. Last year as well, even... Uh, Right, the performance between the Merck and Red Bull was a lot closer. But even last year, W12 was really fast in the sprint. I mean, what it, Lewis won it, didn't he, from starting wherever it was, like 10th or whatever I don't remember, it was. I can't I don't, remember. I can't remember the start of this season. I can't remember last year. But yeah, uh, Mercedes seemed to go well into Lagos. That's, it's not bad, man. It's not bad. Uh, Ferrari really unable to challenge in this sprint either so i i don't think they look particularly quick this weekend no i, I don't think the they Bulls. looked threatening at any point really um yeah so yeah lewis had a charge up i think from the back to p5 in the sprint last year which is pretty impressive for a a third race distance around a track like this but uh that car was rapid shall we uh what are we saying about the race because i feel like this the race is where all the meat is all the meat, all the potatoes. Mm. Oh yeah, give me that meat oh. and two veg. Mm. What veg are you going for? Uh, I do enjoy a roasted potato. Mm. Yep, like clear t- traditional British beige yep. food. Yeah, beige. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I miss. I miss racing. I miss being trackside for one main thing in particular. It's going out for dinner. The Brazilian steakhouse is like Fogo de Chão, and the other ones that are better and smaller and less pricey as well. My God, man, the picanha, the filet. The, if you get them to get the filet mignon and they smother it in garlic, Jesus! I found one of my old uh, one of my old uh, hard drives with uh, a backup of all my photos, and there was a photo where they uh, they took us into the kitchen and showed us all the, uh, the spits on the wall being roasted, and then. I have a picture at the end of the meal. I think it was Andrea's birthday and they've got this huge bottle of port wine, man, all of those things. I just stay away from the Kuiperinhas, man. Cause those will, those will destroy you. Those are rocket fuel. So there's two types of people chat who work in F1. There's Gone. ones like break who enjoy the local cuisine and things like that. And there's people like me that just enjoy a burger and chips. You're going to go find the Irish pub or the Macca's. Yes. Aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> ribs. Exactly. I want to go to ribs and blues. Um, your your Twitter following and that little sign behind you, if you can't see it, has just crossed seven two seven two seven. That uh, that is impressive. That is impressive. Seven two seven two seven. Mackies, yeah. There you go. So there's 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 me who's like, oh, I can't wait to go out to this really fine local dining establishment and spend all my pennies on that one meal that one night. And then there's the there's the guys and gals that are like Irish pub the yeah. Mackie D's. Yeah, a cheap meal. So there's uh, more money left in the kitty. Hey. For some beers, son. Oh wait, let's 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 go to, let's go to the race. Is it yeah, race time? Sorry, we... it's 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 Sunday. Uh, everybody's had their photo show on Saturday night. Uh, maybe a couple lads are a little bit hangover, or at least they've got they're severely dehydrated from too much salt uh, and meat. 
So yes. make sure to have, make sure to have some fiber the next day. Yep. Stay hydrated and fully sanitized. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But so from a strategy point of view, it wasn't really clear. We looked at the um, P2 data, the sprint race. The medium didn't look particularly great when the track cooled down a little bit and the track was cooling throughout. I was expecting a two-stop. A lot of teams favoring a soft, medium, medium two-stop. Uh, Verstappen did have an extra soft in his hand and people are thinking, ah, oh, maybe that's Red Bull's get-out-of-jail card. But uh, Red Bull's get-out-of-jail card for Max was probably not coming, not letting Max and Lewis near each other on the track, I think was probably the answer for their get-out-of-jail car. Foreshadowing, you've probably already seen the race, but I digress. Um, most drivers ended up running a soft, medium, soft, actually, but it was a two-stop. But I think at one point, everybody was kind of thinking Mercedes might be on a one-stop. But after looking at it afterwards, because Lewis was like, why are you pitting me, bro? Uh, I, I don't think they're on a one-stop. They were definitely on a two-stop. They were just making gaps and uh, reacting, driving the strategy, doing doing good strategy things. But mm. Speaking of the um, race start. Ooh, talk to me. Uh, who was it? Lewis and... I can't remember who else it was on the sprint race got pinged for a starting infringement. Ah, what happened with that, dude? Turns out they painted the boxes too small on the grid for the cars. Mate. So Saturday Saturday night Jeez. they had to redo them for the race on Sunday. Ah, oh, that's impressive. But that's classic classic shit at the track. They yep. masked up the boxes wrong. Yeah. There was three drivers that they and then they they were like Nah, it's fine. Fuck it. Like, it didn't make any difference. They're like... No, because you know, on the TV pictures, it looks like they're, you know, out of their grid position. But um, after checking, uh, they basically said, fuck, these are way too small. <laughs> so, yeah. Classic. Classic. Oh, Charlie Whiting wouldn't have missed that one. No, no he wouldn't. God bless Rest him. in peace. Big up, Charlie. Yeah. The sport misses you. Mm. So, race start signs. We already mentioned signs. Five spot. Uh, Sunoda decides to change his rear wing and front wing configuration and he starts from the pit lane uh he doesn't have a very an excellent day so we won't probably mention him too much um what happened to the let's talk about the race start what happened to the leclerc on the race start it was not a good race start for him uh i don't know what happened on the race start you've thrown me a curveball there i don't even why have you written that down what happened to leclerc at the start i i don't i don't even know why i wrote that down it's been like hours ago but l- l- never mind. Something the race happened start. to something happened to Leclerc at the start. Everyone. Oh, no, he got. Um, race... Didn't he get jumped by Norris? Possibly. possibly. And then overtaken by Norris on the start. And fine. then Norris had that absolute uh, close shave. Do you see what I did there? <laughs> he had that close shave into turn one with um, Perez. On, yeah. Uh, how they both got away with that Oof. without colliding, I'll never know. Oof. Yeah, but um, here's the here's the other thing that we uh we've got. So, race start, Kevin, having gone from P1 back on the sprint, starts the race in the the gaggle of cars, uh, and he gets tagged by Daniel Ricciardo. And I don't think it was potentially malicious, but uh, Daniel Daniel's got penalty points and a three grid place penalty for that. Yes, he has. Yeah, but what about I mean George Russell's tear of terror. Tour of Terror. Tour has of been, Terrorism Tour. Yeah, 2022 has oh, been okay. much more savage than that. And I I feel like that's potentially a little bit hard. Like, I know it's race start, first lap. Daniel rolled a little bit too much speed in there. It tagged Kevin. Kevin f- spins around and then comes back and collects him. 
That feels is that does that feel harsh to you? Hitting Daniel with that? <sighs> um do I feel that's harsh? Let me think. Uh, I mean, it wasn't, the, it wasn't, you know, the, the everything had settled down a little bit. It wasn't like it was turn one, two. I think given they were both out after that, um, you could make the argument that they self-policed it, really. Yeah. Um, I, f- I feel like, but like, caring, is that? I don't know. I mean, what but ha- I did enjoy, again, here we go, wild conspiracy theory. Go on. K Mag absolutely shit housed that spin and did and let and off the brakes. Came around and rolled definitely, back into him. Definitely came off the brakes. So he tagged Daniel as he went past. I don't He's care like, what I, anyone tells me that because I am that petty and I would do the same in karting. Yeah. But he was, he was like, well, if you're not going to use the brakes, I'm not going to use the brakes either. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, oh dear. But after it, that, uh, Danny Rick. Obviously got in the medical car to go back to the garage. Apparently, I say apparently, from what I gather, K-Mag wouldn't get in the car with him. No. So K-Mag had to spend the entire race in the island on the inner track, watching the rest of the race with the marshals. No, dude, that's funny. We we missed out some opportune moments for like uh, Alonzo sitting in the camping chair. Hmm. Yeah. With a thumbs up. Mm, yeah. I mean, from having an awesome weekend like that, I to, uh, that's a bummer. I feel I feel bad for Kevin, and I hope he gets a chance and has a decent car next year Yeah, uh, to, go again, the to only, go again. The only reconciliation he's got from that is that at least he managed to get a point in the sprint race. So, Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Good for him. Yeah, and that, that, that one point when you're there helps. Yeah, where, the, where they are, where they are, every point matters. So... Fair enough, man. So after that, so that causes a whole virtual safety car sequence that lasts about what's five, six laps. And then we've got the race restart. We've basically got Russell, Hamilton, Verstappen, Perez. Verstappen makes a move around the outside of Lewis into turn one. He's carrying the speed into turn two. They collide at the apex of turn two. Uh, Lewis is sent off to the outside of the track. Max has a broken front wing and he has to pit. Later in that lap, we've got Norris and Leclerc. Leclerc gets banished to the Shadow Realm, nose into the barriers, and it, this all happened super quick, man. It was like, yeah, oh, it we, was, we it were was chaos. Ten out of ten on the chaos meter. Yeah, it was nuts. Um, Leclerc gets going again, and uh, so basically from that point, Leclerc and Verstappen on a recovery drive. But we're going. So let's let's talk about the collision because there's a lot of experts with a which one eight dollar. We got an eight dollar. We got a let's, n- let's, number to choose from. Pick one. Oh, let's let's talk about let's talk about the Verstappen and Hamilton thing first because there's a lot of people with a eight dollar blue check mark on Twitter that are people very like adamant. Yeah, exactly. Shitter. Um, Broad. I don't know. Well, let's let's, let's 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 ask you outright. What do you think of the incident? What was your initial reaction? What do you think now? And chat if you're watching on the live stream on Twitch. What do you think now? I know it's a cop out. I think it's just a racing incident. I don't know. I man. wish I wish you'd be more controversial. Oh, would you? Okay, it's all Lewis's fault. No, nah, no, the other way. Oh, it's all Max's fault. Yeah, go on. Okay, yeah, it's all Max's fault. I can't believe Max did that. What a terrorist? Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. Now, I I thought the same thing. Like I'm watching that, and I'm like, I, let, let me. Do you want me to go through the sequence of events, and I'll tell you what I think? 
Should sure, do why not? It's but, your podcast, mate. So you tell them what you pod- wanted to say. Our podcast. Our podcast. Yeah, go on. So Max uh, makes a move around the outside of turn one. Outside of turn one. Uh, he is fully alongside at one point. Lewis is... It's, he's, they're either fully alongside or Lewis is slightly ahead, depending on where you look at during the corner. They are going down the hill into turn two. Max is on the outside of turn one, therefore the inside of turn two. Uh, Lewis looks like he's just taking the normal racing line from where he was. Max ends up nowhere to go on top of the curb and collects him. So you could argue a bunch of things, and I don't want to argue it too much, but I I really feel like that was a racing incident. Like yeah. At that point... And let's, let me make it perfectly clear as well, right? I've got zero will knowledge, right? Yeah. So, but I thought there was a rule that said if a significant part of your car is on the inside of someone else, you have to give them space. Now, that whether that is, is the, the rule, I think it is it the front axle has to be at least halfway with the car in front. I don't know. So there's, there's two parts. There's a clarification that came out in March this year, which was Imola. And the FIA were like, we want to put some ground rules for overtaking to help these stewards to police these so we have a little bit more consistency, which I think for the most part this year, they've been fairly consistent, but this one seems to be a bit of an outlier. So if you're overtaking on the inside of a corner, which was turn two, Mm. you have to have a substantial part of the car alongside. Throughout the entirety of turn two, Max's front left wheel was in the middle or further ahead of Lewis's car, right? But... The steward's decision stated that Max was carrying too much speed in order to make that safely. And I looked at that and I was like, okay, you could argue that. But at the same time, I I looked at the laps after that. So after they'd pit and it was a couple laps later when the tires were up to temperature, they were going so slowly third t- through turn two. And if you bounce off of the huge sausage on the apex of that corner, because you don't have any more room to go, mm. you're not really going to be able to turn into that corner. But before that, no. they were both on the track. So I feel like Max could have backed out. Lewis could have left more room. The fact that the, he got a five-second penalty for that, I think, was not exactly fair. But I don't have any wheel knowledge either. No, I'm going to blame the sausage curbs because I fucking can't stand them. I think they cause more incidences than they do prevent. Yeah. And as soon as you touch them, you become a passenger at that point. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, look at Lewis and Max in um, Monza last year. As soon as Max touched that sausage curb, he just launched on top of Lewis's car, didn't he? So, mm, yeah. Um, but I think, I think the same here. As soon as Max sort of touched that sausage curb, it's like it's like you're grinding on a skateboard. Basically, the underfloor of the car is just basically skidding along the sausage curb. Yeah. And you just lose your grip. So, uh, I mean, I'm I'm happy to put it down as a racing incident. Um, Max seemed to be. Uh, quite spicy with his comments in the uh, interviews afterwards saying that, yeah he, you know, he said he, he knew Lewis wasn't going to give him space <laughs> so he just stuck it in there anyway but at the same point Fucking like I don't it's think 2021 all over again but I don't I, I, I here's what I want I want to see Max and Lewis racing wheel to wheel what I do not want to see is neither of them giving a single inch and both of them DNFing every other race you know it's just like I don't want to I don't want to see cars DNFing Nobody DNF'd here. Yes, uh, Max broke a wing. Fine, um, but dude, I don't know. Like, I just don't like. They need, they need to be able to race each other like that because neither of them want to give up a single space because of last year. 
Yeah, it's like that what that old uh, saying, isn't it? When uh, the unstoppable force meets an immovable object with those two mm. when they race. Neither yeah. one of them will yield. And, of course, we end up having a uh, little shunt. But <laughs> shunt. But well done, Lewis, though, for, um, I think, getting away with not that much damage out of that. He seemed to yeah. be okay, whereas Max, like you say, completely fucked his front. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and as soon as that happened, I declared the beard was going on Twitter. Yeah. That was it. I lost all faith, and I knew from then on in, it was just a downhill slide. Yeah, I mean, so at the at the rest of stint one, basically, we had the Leclerc-Norris shunt, both Leclerc and Verstappen on a recovery drive. Uh, Sainz is, is forced onto a suboptimal pit stop strategy because he has a terrafizer, which causes a brake duct fire. And I thought yeah, that could have been the end of his race. He's fucking unlucky as signs. Like at the beginning of the season, he was bending it quite often and he's just been unlucky. Um, Russell cruising on. Russell just chilling, honestly. And then the second stint, everybody's kind of, everybody's, most people started on, well, signs of the Claire Alonso did medium starts. Second stint and the middle stint, really, Russell cruising. Perez falls back on the mediums. He gets overtaken by Hamilton. Uh, Paris' pace on the soft at the start of the race was pretty good, but much like in the sprint on Saturday, Paris's medium pace wasn't good at all. Saying about the balls and mediums that uh, Interlagos doesn't mix. No, but Hamilton's pace on the middle stint on the medium was excellent, and uh, he was actually, this was the only stint where he was outpacing Russell, and that could have been just because Russell was managing it because he knew he had a gap to Lewis. Lewis did lose some track time in the collision. Uh, he was down to fourth at that point, but yeah, mm, um, yeah. I, I think I think I, I don't think I don't know. I, I think if should we talk about it now? What do you, want to do you think about? if Lewis was if do you think if the collision didn't happen, mm. who do you think would have won out of Lewis or George? Hmm. I haven't studied. Uh, the data quite like you have on this. Mm. I, I think George looked quite comfortable up front. I think he did too. I think he had it managed. And especially at the second, the final stint where they're both on softs after the safety car, George could manage just over the DRS gap ahead of Lewis. And I, I think that being said, Hamilton's pace on that middle stint and the medium looks good, but I don't think Russell was flat out. I think Russell, I mean, Hamilton was on a makeup. Yep. You know, he had to make that up. Uh, Russell was cruising. He knew the gap and he just had to get those tires, make them last as long as possible. Whereas Lewis is like, well, I need to go a bit longer, Gov. Yeah. Cool. Blimey. <laughs> um, did we talk about who was, who we thought was at fault between uh, Norris and Charles? No, I didn't even see that replay. Honestly, I was too, I was too invested in the other one. Good. Trying to understand I'm, I'm glad if my because, right. because I forgot to go look at that replay as well so we can do this without having absolutely zero knowledge who's who's at fault for that I'll say I'll say Norris so then you can say yeah. Charles and then people in the comments can just tell one of us we're a fucking idiot I think it was also Norris because it was his birthday and he's just being a cunt oh was it okay so his I birthday he'll shunt someone off if he wants to yeah, yeah exactly but when when Charles went into the wall or the tyre barrier I thought that's it done yeah. Um, oh, exactly. I saw that. I was but, like, 
Okay. I think I think I think everybody in the chat is suggesting it was a racing incident. Nobody's too strong. Somebody's blamed Juan Pablo Montoya, which I do not think is I can't valid. believe he has come on track, caused that incident, and then it gone was fucking, home. It was fucking Timo Glock, wasn't it? It fucking was Timo Glock. Fuck's sake, Timo. <laughs> Again, not in Brazil. Oh. Oh. Is that Glock? Oh. oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, well, just real quick, I need to interrupt the podcast slightly because um, Team at Marduk has dropped us a monster raid. Everybody coming in from from the stream, welcome. We're recording the Engine Breaking podcast. Ben, thank you so much for the freaking raid, and we're going to get back to the pod, but if anybody's new, welcome. If you're from my crew, from the Engine Breaking podcast, and you're not following Team at Marduk on all the socials, you're a dork. Love you guys. We're just talking about the uh, the Grand Prix right now, so here's here's what's happened. Um, we're at the middle stint. We've had the Verstappen Hamilton shunt. We've had Leclerc and Norris shunt into each other. We don't think that we don't really think that Lewis might have been able to challenge Russell, but we never know. Russell looked really strong. Um, now at the end of the middle stint, Hamilton's like, my tires are good, bro. Bono, my tires are good. Uh, and they, they box him. But looking at that, they were just covering Perez and that made perfect sense. Also, Paris box for medium on the final stint because mm. he did not have another soft, which absolutely was not great for his race because what happens after that? Uh, he goes backwards, really. Yeah. So the safety car bunches everybody back back up. We've got a safety car for Lando on his birthday has a DNF. Unlucky. Unlucky. Yeah. But happy birthday. Go back to the garage. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know what was funny when uh when when that happened, the cars were coming past the pit lane, and there was a very distinct sound that I don't think very many people picked up on. So the sound was when you take the wheel guns. So the wheel guns are powered by uh, compressed air. So whenever the when the pit crew are packing up the wheel guns, you close the bottles, turn off the pressure, and you run the wheel guns out, and it goes wham. You could hear the McLaren mechanics powering down the wheel guns after Norris crashed out. Like, no like, time like, wasted. They are going straight yeah. into pack up. The lads are like, we need to get the Kuiperinas in later. We're going to power down the wheel guns, start packing up all the equipment, tear the garage banners down, get these shit boxes back in, tear them apart, get ready for the final race. I was like, wait, why does that sound like not make any sense? It's like, oh yeah, because the race isn't over. You shouldn't be hearing that sound. When you hear that sound, you know you've had a double DNF, um, and that's a bad feeling for, ah, oh, dude. Yeah. Double DNF sucks, man. Yep. Taking uh, taking the power down early. So Lando causes a what they tried to do is virtual safety car, and then they couldn't really move his car. So when they had to get marshals and equipment onto the track, full safety car. Let's go. I, uh, we, this took so fucking long, man. But it was the same thing that happened in Monza where they didn't realize that they, you know, by the time the marshals got to the site, they realized that Daniel's car was stuck in gear. Then we had the tractors on the track and cars not seeing it and everything else. But now you can definitely hear the race race control communicating to the race engineers to communicate to the driver. It's like, okay, there will be a vehicle on the inside of the track at turn 10. Confirm. Yes, confirm. So it's like, okay, at that point, the car's under safety car. Everybody's backed up. The drivers are aware where they emergency equipment is uh i was i was okay with that yeah it's it's part of the new thing where they've said they'll communicate better with the teams when they've got 
tractors on track and things which like that. Which they should always be doing. Which yeah. they should always be doing. So I, it seemed I, I was all right with it because it was a slow, slow part of the track anyway. So and visibility in that point is quite good. Um, yeah. So yeah, I just it, it's just weird to me how that took so long. I don't know. Maybe yeah, it, like, maybe I was just sweating because I knew the beard was in danger at this point, <laughs> and I was just like, like a, every lap counts. Maybe you that, know. Yeah, but at that point, just pull the throw a full safety car. It's in the middle of was it turn nine ten? Uh, just, just sure. Just, I don't know the Brazil. But, it, but, it, but it was, it's basically in the middle of the corner. It's like throw the safety car, get it out of the way safely. Anyway, um, so we got a full blown <laughs> safety car for a couple laps. Uh, a lot of people, the front runners have just pit. Most of the field have just pit, actually. Um, not too many people. Uh, we've got signs take advantage, putting on some new boots under the safety car. Uh, not too many others. But Perez is on the mediums for the final sprint to the end, and uh, it doesn't go very well for him. He just falls, falls back. He goes into that, what, P3, and then finishes what, sixth? Wow. Seventh? Yeah, seventh. So we've got that. Uh, but what happened? That's a whole the, different kettle of fish. We'll get yeah, into we'll, we'll in get a to that one. We'll get to that one in a second. But what happened with uh, Sunoda? Oh, so all the lapped cars were allowed to unlap themselves, uh, but because Sunoda pitted, yes, at the exactly. wrong time. I say at the wrong time, but he pitted at a certain time where the safety car was. Yeah. So in effect, he unlapped himself because obviously, when you're going into the pit exit under a safety car, it's actually quicker. Yeah. Um, so the automated system didn't pick up that he was actually a lapped car because just just the sort of freak nature of the way that he pitted at the time the safety car was going around the bend, it thought he was unlapped. Uh, oh. So basically, it just fucking forgot Sorry. all about him. And then when they come round to do the race start, he's just he's trundling like- along off to the left. Like I thought someone was retiring or something, but I was like, no, that's fuck, just that's Yuki. Yuki. <laughs> I was yeah, like, what, what the hell? There, Oh, oh, poor Yuki, man. They forgot about Yuki. Poor dudes. Aye, aye, aye. Poor dude. Another stunning success from the FIA. Yeah. So, Russell and Hamilton take the top two steps of the podium. Easy. Easy. It was The riding was on the wall all week, and that beard was coming off. As soon as we saw that sprint, Dan knew this was happening. And if anybody's just tuning in, Dan shaved his beard off at the beginning of stream and um, have raised a fair chunk of cash for a great charity. So, thank you, guys. Signs holds on to P3 while Leclerc's asking for his team to please, I'm begging you, think about the driver's championship. Leclerc is currently tied for P2. So if Signs had let Leclerc pass, that would have meant they would have been Ferrari would have been gifting Leclerc the podium. Yeah. Which taking a podium away, ooh. But P2 in the driver's championship, ooh. Leclerc would have gone into Abu Dhabi three points ahead of Perez if that had happened and everything else stayed the same. What, yeah. what, do, you, what do you think? What's your take on that? I, if think, you're I don't team- necessarily think... I understand um, Charles's reasoning for asking, right? Because, mate, anytime my teammate's in front of me, I'm going to be like, hey, can I go past him? Even if I'm yeah, like five please. seconds a lap slower. Hey, let don't me, ask. You don't get. Um, but... I think Ferrari were a bit more concerned about the Constructors' Championship because Mercedes have dunked a fuckload of points on Ferrari this weekend. 
Yeah. I don't know what, actually, let's do a quick double check and see what the gap was, because I knew it was 40 points between them coming into this race. Yeah. But while you're doing that, apparently, it looks like Signs was also under investigation uh, during the safety car period, so that could have set him back five seconds. So they didn't want to drop him back because Signs' pace was better and there was a gap. They didn't want to drop him back into Leclerc to for by which Signs could have lost even more points, which would have lost them even further load of points in the constructors. Nineteen points. That gap has now come down to. Ferrari ahead of Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Ferrari are now nineteen points ahead of Mercedes for P two. And uh, the the constructors championship is much more valuable than the drivers championship because that determines how much cash you get and how much wind tunnel time you lose. Correct. Wonder if we find a weird situation where Mercedes like actually we'd rather have the more like extra wind tunnel time. So Ooh. it's going to be like the pair of them driving as slowly as possible to get to the line. Like, so on, like no no on. you no, first no, you, you first. No you you take the wind tunnel. No 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 I insist you take the money. We'll take the wind tunnel time. No no I insist I insist. But that yeah I don't know I, I think they're going to go for the position in the championship. Yeah and um this also means as well going into Abu Dhabi uh, Perez and uh, fuck, I forgot now. Is it Charles? Yeah, Charles and um, Perez are on equal points at 290. Two, is it 290? Yeah. yeah, I think on count back, Charles has got more race wins, obviously. So he's yeah. in second. But yeah, going into Abu Dhabi on equal points is uh, activating the PTSD there. <laughs> yeah, equal points, Abu Dhabi. No. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of uh, the Minister of Defense, if we're if we're you know going back to PTSD land, um, Verstappen comes back from I think he was around P10 at the restart, and he he overtakes quite a few cars. And at the race restart, they basically tell him, "Go ahead and take some points away from Ocon and Leclerc." Yeah. If if Max had come through. He like his pace was substantially faster than Perez at that point. He was on a newish soft. Uh, Perez was on a pretty tired medium. Max, if he had come through and finished ahead of Leclerc, Perez would have two more finish the race going into the next weekend. He'd be two points ahead of Leclerc. Yeah. But Max was unable to get that move done, and they promised Perez that if Max wasn't able to take those places away to get him the points, he would give the place back. On the in-lap, GP's on the radio telling Max, all right, don't use the DRS, just give up the place to Perez. Um, no reply. GP later asks him what Hello. happened. <laughs> yeah, he says, what happened? And Max says, I gave you, you know, he basically says, I gave you my reasons. I told you why I wasn't going to do it. Spicy. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I'm, Ooh. where do you even start with this? Why don't we go straight in for the, the juiciest bits? I, uh, I, I, I'm going to go... Build it up, yeah. Let's build it up. Look, I like Max. Love him. But I don't think he's done himself any favours here. I, I think he has uh, demonstrated a quality about him that perhaps is not going to be favourable in the future. Um, no. It's multi-21 all over again, isn't it? Multi-111. Multi-111 or multi-111, I don't know. But yeah, he's not done himself any favors. And any time that he's going to ask for some help, like Abu Dhabi 2021, where the Mexican Minister of Defense was uh, crowned, 
I, I don't think he's going to see that ever again. So he's banking on the fact that he won't need that ever again from Checo because he said, you know what? I don't care about your P2 championship. He's we've, They've got the constructors locked down. Max has the drivers won. And Checo's just trying to get that P2 in the, the championship. And Max said, not today, mate. But- yeah. And then we have the revelation, apparently... Max's reasoning behind this is because uh, Checo apparently, again, I, I've not seen any confirmed reports on this, only what I'm hearing from rumours and that from Dutch media, <clears throat> that Perez purposely spun out in Q3 in Monaco. Ooh. And of course, everyone on Twitter is now analyzing data. data. Another performance engineering experts of zero years experience. Oof. Look, I so right. If you have an opinion on it, fine. You know, great. You're welcome to your opinion. But I'm telling you now, 99.9% of you are not qualified to look at a race trace graph and tell me if someone crashed on purpose or not. Especially when your data point is uh F1 was it F1 Tempo? Fast F1, sorry, they call yeah, it. exactly. Which resolution exactly. is nowhere near in-depth enough to tell you whether it was done on purpose or not. Um, and it's, it's, those 99.9% people that aren't qualified, I'm one of them, right? I'm, so I'm like, not sitting here saying I'm better than everyone else. Listen, I'm a fucking idiot. But I know I'm a fucking idiot. You got you to pick your battles, and I, I feel like a lot of people's strength probably isn't data analysis considering i don't feel like i was comfortable as a performance engineer like really fucking confident in my job until i did it for two fucking years and these people fired up f1 tempo and they're like oh yeah that's it i had a look at it i had actually a look at it and i will tell you that i agree with your first statement you understand what you don't know about the data and you've identified that the resolution of that data is so low there's some stuff that looks very weird but the problem with that data is it's like speed throttle position the brake is on or off and there's engine speed and everything else it looks weird the onboard looks weird but you're missing so much other stuff you don't know steering you can't see the steering you can look at the video and interpret it but you can't compare that lap on lap very easily there's there's so much shit going on i looked at a bunch of laps and it's very weird i have to say that but to say categorically that it's true max implied Max appeared to imply in the Sky interview that it, it was true. He said, you you, you decide for yourself. Um, so they they believe that. But I'm, I'm going to analyze that uh, that in my YouTube video that's coming out on Wednesday at Break F1. Oh, of course. Here we go. Here's the plug. Of course I'm going to do it. The, the shameless plug. I'm going to put that in my video. That is one of the key points of that video. And I'll tell you what I think. And I'm going to leave it open because I don't know the answer. And I know that I don't know the answer. And I'm probably the only person of the 550 people hanging out here that is qualified to answer that or at least like he's not given he's not qualified anymore that's why he's a content yeah, not, creator ladies and gentlemen exactly they're like yeah mate you're not looking at the squiggles very just, well why don't we uh just fucking wildly speculate like the rest of us yeah exactly i'll speculate i will I speculate know. i i i'm of the opinion that i don't think he did it on purpose but mm. also the caveat that i don't really know what the fuck i'm talking about so yeah, I will. I will. I'll, I'll say this. I'll, I'll give a teaser. Looking at the data and the context of that situation, it made no fucking sense that he would bend a lap and risk damaging his car. Hmm. 
like it makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense to me. To but secure, whether or not what is it, P three? P three. Yeah. Like it doesn't make any freaking sense to me. Monaco's all about qualifying. If you're not on pole, fuck it. Or you just wait for Ferrari to throw it away and give it to you. Hmm. GG. GG's. GG's. Yeah. So But yeah, we I think we saw um like say the Oh, sorry, excuse me. The implosion of a team in real time there. With yeah, dude. Max obviously spicy over the radio. Checo saying, well, he won those two championships because of me. Mm, Checo has gone from the Mexican Minister of Defense to the Mexican Minister of War. Yep. Um, and they've already got both con- like titles wrapped up. Why the need for all the contra- controversy yeah, in a I race that means either. nothing, effectively? I don't get it at all, man. I, I just like, it, it, this is the water under the bridge, you know? Why, why this is months ago and like if something's happened and you're just now airing it like maybe they i don't know anyway i i'm it's basically netflix drive to survive you've got an entire season's worth of content from one grand prix enjoy yep enjoy that hey and let me tell you i'm glad i wasn't there for that debrief yeah dude that i'm glad i skipped that one right right chat Everybody in chat, Dan, what do you think was the worst debrief? Uh, Baku 18 or Brazil 22? I don't know, man. I think I'm going to go, obviously not knowing, I'm going to go Baku. I reckon Baku was much worse. Yeah. Like this, this was like, you, you, you know, you had an okay race, you brought the cars, but like when you get a double DNF because your drivers take each other out, I, I don't even think that like this, this isn't, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed kind of thing. Whereas Baku was like, you fucking idiots. Yeah. Well done, Baku. It's Baku. been a minute. After Baku, they made both Daniel and Max come into the factory to apologize to everyone. Face Where to were face. They? I, I never saw them because I was in the sim. It was, in, it was over in the race base. No fucking way, bro. Yeah. And <laughs> they just both that? looked like two scolded school children. Like, I'm very sorry. I won't do that again. Yeah, if they ask, if they ask Max to do that now, I just tell them to get fucked, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, for sure. He runs that shop now. That's that's for sure. Wild. I can't. You know what? Next season's going to be fucking insane, and I I'm actually glad that Elon's shutting Twitter down, or he's going <laughs> to fucking drive it into the ground because I don't think anybody can handle it. You fuckers are going to have to go burn Mastodon or fucking Tumblr down or whatever else it is now. I'm gonna. I'm- going to start a new series called keeping up with the bulls keeping up with the bulls and it's going to rival <laughs> the kardashians what about um dive to survive where we just turned to twitter where they decide if max or lewis took the other one out or not next season yeah because if the mercedes is back in it like how many dnfs do you think we're going to see related to verstappen hamilton collisions next season i reckon at least four you know one of them dnfing or having a substantial impact to the race four to five of them easy hmm how many races have we got next year? 24. 24. There you go. 24. <laughs> Every single race. Yeah. Oh, Fair dear. enough. Is it time for that part of the episode? Hit it. Fraud watch. Fraud watch. It is that time where Dan and I nominate our most fraudulent players of the race weekend. Uh, it could be people, places, things. Uh, it could be inanimate objects or whatever else. Fraud Watch is 
it's a it's a watch for frauds, and we'll, we'll monitor the situation. Yeah. So, who are you who are you nominating this week for our fraud watch? Uh, I'm going for again. It seems to be like a recurring theme here, but the FIA uh, for forgetting poor Yuki on the safety car and lapping procedure. Um, work to be done there on their uh, uh, automated system. Yeah, yeah, and that that was that was it's kind of timely that because it's the time of the year because that was an Abu Dhabi thing like we need an automated system to pick the cars to unlap and like okay yeah we got we got you but it forgot poor Yuki um come on man I'm gonna put the the entire Red Bull team are on fraud watch this week man like I don't even know where to start I see Netflix if you fuck this up I'm never even thinking about watching Drive to Survive ever again to be fair, I never think about watching Drive to Survive, but if you fuck this up, no. I just, I, it will be very interesting to see how this plays out, but I reckon it's getting swept under the carpet. They're going to, they're going to massage it. They'll be fine. They're going to be like, right, you guys are probably never going to be friends again, but we'll get on with it. And that's it. You have now ruined our chances of ever getting back in the paddock with Red Bull now. No, I didn't say them as a team. I'm just saying, like, no, it's the too entire... late. It's too late. Oh, God, look. Even, even my lights are all falling down. It's <laughs> Everything is fucked. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with the situation, but, like, I don't think we're going to be talking about it after Abu Dhabi. It'll be fine. I think that's all we're going to be talking about fucking after Abu Dhabi. Yeah, it's the off-season. People haven't got nothing else to talk about. Well, we're going to have we're gonna have to come up with some really good content for next season. God help us. Oh, fucking now there's... Oh, my God. Everything's falling apart here. Yeah, we'll just just leave it. It looks good. It doesn't look bad at all. The beard goes. Ah. Everything goes. Fucking... Beard this was could the thing be holding the, everything together, This could man. be the last oh episode. This could be the last episode. We made it episode to 10, 10? episodes. Yeah, 10 episodes yeah, in. episode 10. And everything's fucked. Yeah. What about... Engine mode good boy, where we nominate somebody from the weekend who's been a really, really good boy. And usually not in a patronizing way, but like in a really good way, even though that was somebody trying to gaslight you by calling you engine good boy 11. But we've turned that into something positive because we don't like dickheads here. No, so yeah, it was used patronizingly on me on Twitter. And of course, we took it and owned it. Um, So my engine mode good boy award, uh, I'm going to give it to Kevin. Watching them in the garage celebrate in a pole position, you could see how much it meant to all of them. You could see how much it meant to Kevin. And there was also a really sweet little video where his little girl is uh, mm. cheering and clapping. Dude, so as a dad, no- I, I, I feel oh, that. Oh, dude, I love that. There is nothing more pure than seeing the underdog celebrate because they celebrate harder and appreciate more than the people that have been at the top for a while. And when you see them winning like that, that is that is super special. That is super special. Yep. I'm. I loved it. I loved it. Who? Uh, I. I'm gonna nominate the Mercedes admin, mm. Mercedes AMG Patronus Twitter admin. The engine mode good boy award of the week goes for you for atting Dan. You you you've got your finger on the pulse. You know what's happened on the Twitter nets. Um, congratulations to Mercedes. Big love me. to the Mercedes admin. Called me uh, right out. Yeah, it's happened. I'm I'm sure some of you are here watching. So uh, thank you very much. We've got episode 10 done next week. Abu Dhabi, we'll probably do it again Monday night. Yeah, I think that works for me. Cool. Well, it was a little bit of a chaotic episode, a lot going on, a lot of tea spilt, 
Um, chaotic covered... episode for a bit of a chaotic weekend. We loved it. We did it. Well, but anyway, we made it. Ten got... episodes in. Yeah. Um, I think we're gonna keep. We might take a little bit of a break around Christmas, but I think we we're gonna do some episodes. Or, um, we'll get some actual scripted episodes where we talk about some specific topics. We'll get some more guests on. We've got we've got a we've got an assortment of probably some of the coolest guests probably ever that would love nothing more than to uh, come be fraudulent with you guys and us. Yep. So, um, invite your nans. Yep, exactly. Get them all in. Big up um, your local butchers in the comments. Yeah, go on. Exactly. Live. Sh- um, and also, I think we're going to have to do a live episode from my living room. Yeah. Before the year's over. Let's do it. Mm. All right. Do us a favor. Can you guys have a great night? And uh, can you all fuck off? Great. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.